right. Welcome to another episode of Stuck in My Thoughts podcast. As always, I'm your host and three-time All-American high jumper Justin Stuckey. And today, we have a guest that really needs no introduction. He is currently the head interim football coach here at Auburn University, Coach Carnell Cadillac-Williams. Coach, thank you for being on the show. Oh, man, Stuck, I truly appreciate you for having me on the show. I'm, uh, I'm honored um, to be on this show. And it, it's weird every time I hear somebody um, call me um, head coach, it, it hits different. Yes, sir. Uh, so, man, excited to be on the show. Yes, sir. Um, thank you for having or me having you on the show. We know it's a busy week. You know, you got the Iron Bowl coming up, so we appreciate you taking the time to come out here. How you feel going to Iron Bowl? we start off with that. How you feel? Oh, uh, I'm excited. Um, you know, I'm, I'm from this state, grew up in North Alabama, um, from Gaston, Alabama. And uh, for a lot of people that don't know my story, I actually grew up rooting for the other team. Oh, the other team, huh? Yes. Uh, so my, my, my mom and a lot of my family were Alabama fans and uh, from my peewee coach, Steve McConnell, to my middle school coach, Ryan Gray, high school coach, Coach Raymond Former, <clears throat> a lot of those uh, mentor the men that I had in my, my life at the time were uh, Alabama fans. So I grew up going to games down there since I was 11, 12 years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, just pulled for them. And uh, thank God in the fall of 2000, uh, November, uh, I had an opportunity to go to the Auburn Georgia game, and uh, that that's what truly uh, piqued my interest in Auburn. Yes, sir. We're glad that you did your thing while you was here, and no, you know it took you on to a great career in the NFL, seven years there. And one thing we were just talking about before we turned the cameras on was you being a Christian athlete, and I think that's a big perspective I like to talk about here on this show. And one of the big trends that have been coming up as a Christian athlete is talking about identity. And I know me as, as well as a lot of other people in the world have, you know, found it a real struggle sometimes putting our identity fully into the sport and we should be putting our identity into Christ. And when I first heard that, I was kind of like, what, what are you talking about? Like, I, feel, I felt like that was like a weak mindset at first. I was like, what do you mean I'm not an athlete? Like, why wouldn't my identity be an athlete? Because that's what I am. And you had a long playing career. When you got done playing, and that's the biggest thing people are saying, when you got done playing, getting out of NFL, did you have trouble finding your identity, or was was it a struggle for you? Whoa, God, yes. Um, because I mean, I I, I preach to kids now um, and tell them, um, don't let this game define you, who you are. Um, but you do it for so long; it's such a great game. Uh, any sport that you grow up playing. Uh, so much camaraderie, so much chemistry, so much passion uh, go into it. Are you trying to succeed, uh, trying to be great at it where it consumes you? Mm -hmm. um, uh, football um, was my identity, and yeah. I found that out hard. Um, in 2011 was my um, last year playing with the St. Louis Rams, and in 2012 I was bouncing around, going to work out for teams, uh, trying to actually play mm -hmm. and, you know, just could never pass a physical, you know, because I tore my knees up in year three and year four. So I uh, couldn't get nobody to, you know, uh, ride off on me for the physical. But 
uh, it hit like a bombshell for me mm-hmm. uh, because of, man, I struggled big time. Um, I did not know how much the game had an impact on me like that mm-hmm. until I got done playing. I mean, I battled depression. Um, I mean, I had just got married in 2011. And um, me and my wife were traveling, started an insurance company. Uh, things was going well. But, man, I was on autopilot. I wasn't happy. And it was all because of um, someone just missing. Uh, whenever you know being an athlete, whenever you grow up in that locker room, uh, you grow up competing, and all of a sudden it, it becomes to a standstill. Mm-hmm. And I isolated myself from people where I felt like a failure. I felt ashamed that, you know, that I I wasn't playing in the NFL. Uh, so uh, that was a, that was a dark, dark moment for me, but. Man, uh, you know, uh, my my faith through a lot of prayer, um, to a lot of um to my God seeking, um, kinda got me um out of that. And uh, honestly, I had some one on one counseling, like I mm-hmm. I was in it was it was deep. Um that that's that's tough on um athletes, man, whenever they get done playing. It's it's tough. Yeah, and that's the biggest stigma. I'm glad you brought that up, that one-on-one counseling, especially from the male perspective. A lot of males don't want to seek that quote-unquote help, don't want to admit, hey, I'm struggling. Hey, I'm having a hard time. And honestly, especially in the black community, because we're raised to gut through the tough times. No matter what's going on, we're, we're trained up to have tunnel vision because a lot of us don't make it anyway, so sometimes you can't have that sympathy. You're not going to get that sympathy. And so I think that's the biggest thing. And I had somebody reach out to me like a week ago wanted me to bring it up on my show, talking about the mental health aspect from a male's perspective, the athlete, and understanding, like, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to say, hey, I need help. And you got people in your corner for that and not understand you don't have to go through things alone. And I'm glad you're very transparent, especially with your platform and me with my platform to be able to talk about this right now. So I think that's huge. Who you said it, man, that, that is huge. Uh, to me, uh, with me being a follower of Christ, we, we were meant, we were put on this earth to be in relationship with each other, to mm-hmm. be in a community. And, you know, um, I, I, I grew up in the church. Uh, I found out who my daddy was when I was 16, who, who was a pastor. And, um, look, I was raised... Uh, idol mind is the devil playground. Um, so whenever you get isolated um, like that, uh, man, it's 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 tough to overcome. Whew. I mean, again, like you say in the black community, we are raised to carry the load, um, to be the saver, uh, to be perfect. Uh, to not ask for help, but you know, uh, my my athletes, my my current athlete that I coach, my guys I coach in the past, guys I recruit now. Like I, 
I tell people, man, get vulnerable with people. Like, be transparent, open. Uh, it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to lean on other people. Like, it's truly okay. And honestly, that is how I came out of uh, my depression. How I came out of my funk, man. Uh, I got help. You know, I, I lean on my, the uh, Ronnie Browns of the world, the Jason Campbells, my my friends, my close friends, and the counseling. It it truly, truly helped me come out of that place. And like, you know, and you're, you're, you're still going to struggle from time to time with it, what we, we all do. But again, man, whenever you got good people on your team and you all doing life together, it's so impactful. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so you transition, you got out of that funk, like you said, out of not playing sports, but then you got into something different. Somewhere in the same relation, but you got into coaching. And that's what we're going to go to now because you already know we have to talk about this thing. The past few weeks for you have been busy, to say the least. Very busy. Let's go back. They announced on that Monday they're going to have a change in leadership at Auburn. All over Twitter, Facebook, every social media platform. A lot of us are in class. We're in class football players. Different things going on. We're like, okay, what, what's going on? How long between when they said we're going to have a change in leadership, did they come to you and say, hey, would you like to be the interim coach like nobody knows that perspective well it it, it happened um shortly uh I guess we found out some staff around uh 11 30 noon um that uh you know that coach Harson was gonna be um let go there so uh the team we all met um coach Harson informed us and uh he said look um you know, they haven't told nobody in the room know who's gonna be the interim head coach. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, they're gonna announce at a later time. Like I don't he was like, I don't know who the interim like we didn't know and um guess shortly, I guess around one thirty, two o'clock, and you know, that that's when I, I I found out that uh you know, they uh asked me to be the um <laughs> to step in that leadership role and and I was honestly I looked at him and said like me <laughs> or y'all were you hesitant like, I was very hesitant um because I had this fear automatic come over me not because of my the the, the fear of me failing be honest with you it was the fear of letting others down because I got in coaching in 2015. Mm-hmm. And honestly, everybody that know me through this coaching and got to know me, um, when people ask me, what's my end goal? Do I want to be a head coach? No, I didn't. <laughs> I never had a dream, aspiration yeah. to be a head coach. So um, I know the magnitude of this position of People that look like me that wants to be in this position don't get their chance. So I had so much weight on me, like, man, am, am I going to fail them? Mm-hmm. Am I going to fail the players, the Auburn family? I just, I just started thinking about, can I truly do this? Like, I don't want to mess this up mm-hmm. for the next 
generation of people coming behind me that done paid the way for me to get these opportunities. Like, I, I didn't want to mess it up by just falling flat on my face. And yeah. So I was, I was very fearful of that. Well, you accept it, and we're glad you accept it. But I got to ask you this. How does it feel? And I, I know you said that your son ended up telling you this, but how does it feel to be the first black head football coach here at Auburn? Interim or not, you're the head coach. How does it feel to be that? Wow. Honestly, when they uh, asked me that, I, 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 it really didn't hit me. So it was that Monday, I, I found out that night, stayed at the office to about 1230. Um, got home, um, went to sleep about one-ish, uh, got back up at 4.30, did some reading, um, left the house about 5.30, but before I left the house, I said, you know what, I'm going to kiss my boys, um, bye-bye. But then I was like, no, you know what, I ain't seen them all day, so I'm going to wake them up. So I, I, I woke my youngest one up. I said, hey, Queen. Good morning. He looked. I said, hey, daddy, the head coach, you happy? He was like, yes, daddy. And so he goes back to sleep. So my oldest one, uh, Cole, who is eight, Quinn's my youngest one, six, and Cole mm -hmm. is eight. I shake him and wake him up. I said, hey, Cole, you know, daddy's the head coach. I said, you happy? He was like, yes, daddy, I am. And then he 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 goes on to say, uh, that is just temporary though. It's, it's like, <laughs> so so kind of brought he, you back down a little bit. Yeah, he he brought me back down in life. I was like, oh yeah, it is. Temporary. He, he's right. And then as I was as I was leaving, I was like, well, son, you you have a um, good day at school. Daddy love you. Mm -hmm. And he stopped me. Said, Daddy, are you the first? African-American coach at Auburn. And I look. I say, yes, son. And since that day, it's been heavy on me. Um, you know, because my two boys look at me along with my family and other people around the world that's giving them so much hope, so much inspiration. Mm -hmm. Uh, because you you have to think, man. I I don't know, you know, where you came from, but where, where I'm from, uh, in our culture, like we don't dream of being the head coach of Auburn University or, or Alabama or you know these prestigious mm -hmm. big university. Like we 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 just don't. You don't see it. You just took my next question away. So exactly what we uh, are. Hit your next question. <laughs> let, let's get to it. I'm just saying, like, from, like, we're both from Alabama. I grew up in Helena, Alabama, small town. You grew up in North Alabama. So growing up, especially as a young black kid, if we're playing football, our dream is to NFL, NBA. Because also from another perspective, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing people that look like us doing that. So that's what we aspire to be. Oh. None of nobody, me, none of my friends said, oh, I want to be the coach at Auburn. Oh, I want to coach a team to the finals. Like, that wasn't even a thought. And so do you feel like your positioning now can inspire kids who look like us that are young to want to do that, want to coach, want to be in director roles, roles that they aren't the majority to make it the majority? 
Do you feel like your positioning can spark that? Yes, I do. Um, because sit up at night and uh, think about, you know, uh, the the hope, inspiration that given um, the generation before me, uh, people that's in this business. Because like, like you just said, you don't see enough of us in this position. So a lot of times what you what you don't see, you can't find. So I never I never imagined anything like this. I, I never had any dream to be like the head coach of Auburn University. Mm-hmm. Like that was like my friends at Auburn, like we we talk about things and nobody nobody brought up. Nobody ever like, hey, I'm inspired to be the head coach one day. But because of however long it is, if it's only this season, the interim head coach, it has been done. Yeah. And so with that, it done been done. So people, the kids out there, they have seen it. So now that they have seen it, so now they can inspire, they can reach and they know it can be done. Mm-hmm. So um, I am, man, I'm proud of that. And I'm, I'm, I'm honored uh, to be the first and um, – I'm, man, I'm just excited and blessed to have this opportunity. Yes, sir. We're glad that you are here. And I've watched a lot of interviews, people asking you after pregame pressers, postgame pressers, different things like that. And somebody asked you the other game, talking about the coaching search, and your response was, I don't know, I don't really care. And I like that because it shows that you're focused on the team here. But what everybody has failed to ask you is the same way they came to you and said, hey, you know, we want to offer you the position as an interim coach. Would you like to be the interim coach? Do you want to be the head coach? <coughs> you know, um, Stup, um, if you would ask me this three weeks ago when I took it, um, I would have told you uh, no way that I, I want to put up with this. I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I was scared as a puppy. Um, but one of the worst things, one of the best things that you can uh, do, man, is to be in a position and have a little success and have support and gain a confidence that you, that you feel like you actually uh, can do it. Uh, one thing I do know is, man, I, the Lord has been dealing with me over the past year. Of, um, I've been telling my friends, like, they all been bringing up. They're like, man, you remember when you said that it's more out there for you? Like, it's some kind of, like, the Lord been putting on your heart like you. So you're you going to be in, like, an executive role. And, and, and really, I've I been... I've been telling the Lord, like, I want to live a simple life. I'm I'm happy at what I'm doing. Like, I want to be in the back. Mm-hmm. And that's why I tell guys, it's like, do you want to be here? I'm like, no, I want to live a simple life. 
I want pour into these kids' lives. I don't want to be in the spotlight. But in my spirit, it been it been rumbling. So to say that I I don't want this Auburn job uh, uh probably wouldn't be truthful uh at all because uh man I I, I know it's something that I could do and I could thrive at it. Um but again, I'm I, I'm I'm also gonna go where it's not a make or break for me to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm just I'm I'm like my seat don't dictate my service. I mean, it could impact, mm-hmm. you know, uh, my service. You know, depending on my seat, but man, I'm gonna continue to serve. I'm gonna continue to. Pouring the kids' lives, I'm gonna continue to give. You know, I'm gonna continue to uh, love on people. I just feel like whenever you do anything out of love, it's, it's gonna prosper. So, uh, whatever happens in the next couple of weeks, whatever go go on, uh, I'm gonna put my faith in God and just let the chips fall wherever they fall. Yes, sir. That's real right there. I appreciate it. All right, Coach, we got this thing on my show called the Dropbox Questions. So we got three quick trivia questions, and they're pretty interesting. A lot of people out there submitted these, so I thought it was pretty cool. So first question, what are your top five running backs of all time? Ooh, yes, sir. God, that's a great question. It ain't got to be in order. Don't got to be in order. Just name five. Eric Dickerson. Emmitt Smith, Barry Sanders, Ooh, the great, the great, who I modeled my game out there, who I wanted to be every last bit like, the great Walter Payton. Okay, that's good. One more. Ooh. You know what? I'm a, I'm gonna go with one that uh, may surprise a lot of people. Uh, but man, he's one of the most talented backs that I've ever seen. Lay eyes on, can do it always. Uh, Fred Taylor, man. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I, uh, wow. I think he's one of the most underrated backs that ever played the game, and and he's probably the most talented back to ever play the game. I'm gonna call Bo after this. Well, <laughs> and let me let, let me tell you why I'm not saying uh, the great Bo Jackson is because he he just he just didn't have a long enough career. That's true. That's uh, true. To to be named in the top five for me now, talent wise. Yeah, he's one of the most talented backs. I mean, come on, man, the guy can do it all. Mm-hmm. But uh, that longevity, he just didn't have that longevity like like those guys. Yeah, that Fred Taylor. I'm gonna have to go back and watch some tape on Fred Ooh. Taylor for sure. Who? Okay. It's scary. Go back and watch tape on him. Okay, okay, I will, I will. Okay, 2004 season. Should y'all have been that national championship game? No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Like. Now, now you try to get my blood boiling now. <laughs> um, what a shame. Like, what a shame uh, that we didn't get the opportunity to face off against 
USC. Man, we was hungry. Uh, man, we wanted those guys. Yeah. Man, we were chasing them. Man, that's all we could talk about year. I'm talking about every game. Like, we going to get them, guys, because, you know, the previous two years they had beat us. Mm-hmm. We went up there at USC. We should have won that game, cramped up, rest history. They came down here to Auburn. They, they spanked us pretty good. And it was like, we about to get them, guys. We going to get a chance to play them in the next championship. And for us to be closed out of it, man, that is that was one of the most hurtful things I have ever been through in my life. And it still, uh, it still hurts. It, it, it does. But, you know, I always like to um, tell recruits and um, everybody that I couldn't win one as a, as a player, mm-hmm. but uh, I was speaking into existence because I love to speak things. I'm going to win one as a coach. Like that. Promise you. Yes, I am. sir. I'm going to win one as a coach. Couldn't do it as a player, but we going to get one. Yes, we sir. We going to get one as a coach. Last question. You've played at the highest levels of football. You've been all over the country doing different things at a coaching perspective and a player perspective. But here on the Plains – what makes Auburn so unique and so special than the rest of those places you've been? Wow. The people. It is so just like life-giving people that truly are about serving, truly about giving, truly cares about humanity. Uh, work hard work. That family vibe, man. Mm. Um, it's not a lot of places around the country that um, loves their university. Um, like Auburn people, like loves Auburn. Not just Auburn football. Mm. I'm talking about like Auburn, the community, the people. It's an amazing place to live, have amazing people. And I mean, it's it's just so different. It's places uh, represent change. I think it changed lives. I mean, I'm a walking testimony. Uh, if you if you buy into it, you love Auburn. Auburn will love you back. Uh, it's a it's a very uh, special place, um, like no other place in the country. To be honest with you, that's a fact. I've been here four months and. Auburn is a special place, and I'm excited to be here for at least the next two years to keep making it my home. And, Coach, we are so thankful that you were able to be on the show today. Um, Appreciate y'all tuning in to this episode. Go ahead and subscribe to the channel, and you can find this episode on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Um, And stay tuned for the next one. We out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate you for having me.